get pissed off about it. I'd be pretending. Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. What's going on out there, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, did, did Tanner, did you find a glitch or something? I have no clue right what just know. happened on that intro. I don't know if it's on your guys's end, if you see it or not, but yeah, maybe it, it like was, sped up really quick on I kind of liked it. It, it broke up weird. the beat from what we normally experience with our do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, but then it was like Tanner, one of these days, the OGs of the Sports Buffoons clan out there should remember the Godfather days where we our intro was literally... The Godfather walkout. It was uh, like, what was that? Uh, oh, pimping ain't easy. And then, pimping ain't oh, easy. Train. We should bring that back one of these days, just for the hell of it. So, yeah, we might be able to do good that. Old times, right there, Tanner. That was that was back in the OG days. But ah, uh, with that said, you guys, we have a lot to talk about today. Obviously, um, we will be digging into the NFC East. Yes, that means Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. Yeah, I don't. I don't even like saying that word. Commodes. Else. Just say commodes. It's so much easier. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be getting into them. But first and foremost, you guys, uh, to kick it off. So we're sipping on some interesting things here. Uh, we'll talk about that and then Orlando Brown for just a moment. So, Tanner, what are you drinking? Water? Uh, yeah, I got a big old chug of water. That's a, that is an interesting thing. So is that just your daily? You hold around? You take it to the gym? Yeah, I either do this or my other one you guys seen on broadcast. This one's less than the other one. But uh, I usually just fill them up, put them in the fridge and grab one or the other. So gotcha. All right. He's being healthy. Uh, JG though, you got something real special over there. What's up? I like to call this old faithful. This is the, uh, <laughs> buzz balls, chalk teas made with premium vodka. There you go. Chalk teas. Just in case you guys ever want to buzz your balls out there. This might be a long show. I'm not sure yet. So I had to get two drinks just because, you know, that's what we do up in this hizzle. Um, Andre, um brute rosé is my current fizzy bubbly um drink of choice just a little little wine sipper here so um and then i have something else here as a, as a back end it's going to be my my backup in case the starter goes down that a boy so uh brandon silva welcome in niners gang niner gang in. see he should be joining here with us in a couple of weeks because at some point we're going to be flipping over uh to the nfc west so at some point, we'll be digging into those guys. We'd love to have you join for that one, of course. Yeah, we're definitely um, going to need some few people there. So, But let's real quick, guys, let's touch on Orlando Brown Jr. And just our thoughts in general about what's going on with him. And I felt like the Chiefs gave a pretty generous contract. It looked like it was somewhere – correct me if I'm wrong, Tanner. Was it about five or six years, $139 million is what we saw put out there by the Chiefs? Correct. That's what it kind of came out to be there. And I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Did you see uh, Jeff Ch- Chadia's tweet? about like exactly like they brought Orlando Brown Jr. over for a team-friendly deal, essentially, is yeah. what part of the initial trade, which we all know is not is not true. Right. That's an interesting perspective to throw out there because how can you trade for a guy assuming, hey, we're going to get you as well as you're also going to be team-friendly and take a, uh, a pay cut, essentially, from what you could be getting elsewhere. Um, that just doesn't sound like good business model for – a, a player no, and, and supposedly it was from a source in the front office that's very disappointed in the fact that they couldn't get the deal done i don't believe that at all like you knew what you were getting when you traded for this guy this guy was going to come in he may not have been a full top 10 left tackle last year he will be this year paid play on the tag great 
guess what? You're going to have to pay him next year when he's top five. So I, I just don't get it. I, I don't believe the disbelief in that Orlando Brown's rejecting the deal because he, I think he believes in himself and I believe in him too because I think he will be a top five left tackle. Well, I think that it's also a guy, though, that he played right tackle, obviously, with the Ravens for most of his career before he switched over it was just for the last few years. games. Yeah. But obviously, he switched over to left tackle for a reason. Reason being, you get paid more as a left tackle anyway. So, I mean, obviously, money has been something that's on the forefront of his mind to begin with. So I don't really buy the narrative that uh, the Chiefs thought he'd be taking on a team-friendly deal. And why would he? Only guys like Travis Kelsey do that. Why? So I am going to buy it. And the reason I'm going to buy it is because at some point he was rolling with no agent at all. And since then, now all of a sudden he's got an agent with, I guess, very little experience. But he was using the Lamar Jackson model there for a while where he had no agent. He was representing himself. And so I can see a scenario where if you're representing yourself, sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll take a team from friendly deal. But at some point when you sign with an agent, things can change in a hurry. And I think that's, you know, that's that's possibly what happened here. He, you know, got a deal with an agent and now everything changes. Now I want to get as much money as I can. Oh, and then, by the way, it's a rookie agent that also needs to make some money. But I want to point out, and at least in my opinion, is that the Chiefs did nothing wrong here as far as what they gave as an offer. And what they decided was to back off and say, okay, play on the tag then and we'll figure it out a year from now. And obviously the Chiefs can tag him again next year. You can tag a player twice. And so to me, it's like, okay, say he, you know, th- this happens this year. He's not going to sit out a full year because that's that's going to completely devalue himself. Uh, he's already came out and told us that he's playing on the tag. He's going to play on the tag this so year. So we're not worried about that. Work on a new deal next offseason when he proves it, that he is as good as he says he is or thinks he is as being a number one left tackle in the league. And if he does that, then so be it. Then we'll pay him the $25 million per year, $26 million, $27 million per year. At that point, the Chiefs won that deal because why hand it over to a guy who's, who's not proven it yet that he's a number one left tackle in the league? He's he's a top 10, but why just because you're a top 10, just because you're next in line does not mean you decide you get the next number one money. Get to your re- reset the, the market. Here, here's the, here's the mindset everyone has in, anymore with, with contracts is basically you're next in line. Oh, if you play that same position, you're next in line to get the next biggest deal and get the number, next number one money. So it's like Tyree kill. As soon as he saw Devonte Adams got the big deal, Tyree kills mindset went from being pretty happy here in Kansas city overall to like, Oh, now it's time. Now I'm next in line to get the next biggest contract. Right. Because Trent Williams got his deal last year, which we all know, because he was in contention basically what it was between Trent and Orlando essentially. Right. Or was that two well, years Will- ago? Williams got, yeah, Williams ended up getting a huge deal. Um, and it was uh, on a per year basis. It was the most. Yeah. Left, in left You're correct. That's what I'm saying. Per year basis. So essentially he reset the market and now Orlando wants to reset the market. So I don't know. I, I'm not worried about it right now. He's playing. That's all I care about. The guy's going to, I think, come out and he's going to be effective. So I'm not worried about right, it. Because if he comes out and plays like num- the number one left tackle in the league, like he, like he believes he is, he will get that big deal next year. He will get paid. And that'll be the end of the story. Yep. So any other final thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I just say I, w- I want to see the guy at camp. I mean, at some point, you know, we'll see him you, at camp. you're not, yeah, I mean, he's got, I'm not expecting him to be like the first guy to show up, but. You know, he's got to be at camp and prove to the team that he's there to work 
And then who knows? Maybe the maybe the Chiefs are the team that end up giving yeah. him that big deal if yeah. he if he proves it. And if right. he shows up out of shape, then his first few weeks of the season aren't going to look too good. That's only going to hinder his expectation of what he wants to be paid. That's right. That could be bad. So we'll see him August third. I'm not worried about it. Uh, but guys, we have quite the lineup today here for the division breakdown of the <laughs> NFC East. We got uh, Ryan Larison here for the Eagles. We got uh, Caleb Jones joining us from last year on the Cowboys. Uh, Coach Couch Live for the Commanders. And finally, Jim Beringer, who is on Mondays our hockey specialist where Nick and I learn a little bit of hockey. Uh, he's coming on to talk about his New York Giants here. So it's going to be exciting. Big lineup today. Exciting to do this. We're going to do a little different than we did last week instead of bringing them all at once. We're going to do them individually here. Uh, it was fun last week, but we got to <laughs> tighten it up a little bit here. So that was a lot. So, yeah, we're going to start here. We're going to bring on Ryan Larson here. He's with the Fantasy Football for the People, Wag Me Fantasy Football, and then also Roto Baller currently writing for them. So, And we're not talking fantasy, guys. We're talking Philadelphia Eagles with this guy. And let's talk sports contributor as well, pro producer, whatever you want to call him. Ryan, welcome in, dude. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm happy to be here. Happy we could get this all together, man. I, we were waiting for you to be able to get on. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a busy guy, as you can tell by the three or four companies that I'm with right now. But uh, no, I gotta always make time for you guys. And just I don't know if you're aware of his resume yet. We got like f- over 50 fantasy leagues he's in. 50? 50. 50. How do you keep? Now. How do you keep? 52 now. Of, hold on, hold on. I, I used to be in about 12 leagues when I was younger, probably like, I don't know, 13 years old. But like at some point as I got older, I'm like, I don't have time to keep track of all this. So how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got my fourth child due at the end of August. So that's right before <laughs> fantasy season also starts, which is basically my busiest time of the year already. So. Uh, I basically wake up a couple hours before the everybody else in the house wakes up. I do all my stuff that I need to do for my leagues then, and then I just go throughout the rest of the day with free time, every free, any free time that I have, and mess around with waivers, trades, pickups, the whole nine. So that's that's fifty two fantasy leagues. Going to be four children in the freaking house. Three sites he writes for essentially or contributes to, or four sites technically. But let's talk sports. Uh, and he has a text chain with Paul Hope for the Niners. He'll, he'll he'll see this in the morning in the UK. So, and I'm sure that's a busy check by itself. Him and Gary keep me. Yeah, I mean, there you go, Gary. It, too. It, it is crazy how much they and, and I love it too because I love helping everybody out that I can. I always try to message everybody, even if I've never talked to them before. And uh, no, they those two and and Dan recently with his uh, Scott mm-hmm. Fishbowl entry. It's it's been. Oh, I'm uh, sure he's keeping me busy too. Day. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'll oh, be. Yeah. I'm guessing Ryan, you'll be talking fantasy here next month when we start doing some the, of that, a university the university put together. I'll be on for at least two of those, so uh, I'll be looking oh, forward fantastic. to all that stuff. That's going to be fun. Definitely. All right, we're not here to talk fantasy football no, no. or his 52 fantasy leagues here. We're going to talk some Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to be able to talk about his team finally on a podcast. So Philadelphia, some big moves during the draft, right? You were on with us at the time. Uh, what's our thoughts on this offense here? Is it going to be as as great as it looks to be, or are we looking at some disappointments coming into play? I think it's going to be fine. The the biggest thing for me is uh, to start the season last year. We were we were actually pretty pass heavy. We were over thirty five pass attempts a game for like the first six games of last season, 
And then Sirianni figured out that that didn't work because we weren't winning any games. We didn't we didn't have any wide receiving core. It was Devonta Smith, Goddard, and that was basically it. So we abandoned that. Occasional quest Watkins, right? Yeah, and, and Watkins is great, but he wasn't like he wasn't uh, game changing, if you will. It wasn't someone that we could you know kind of plant the flag and be like, all right, we got Quez Watkins as the two. They just didn't feel comfortable with it. They went super run heavy after that, started winning games, and they played the to hurt strengths, which is what they should have done a long time ago. And then, you know, now we cut it back. We got AJ Brown in the draft, which is exactly what we needed. I was pounding the table all offseason, just support our quarterback for once. Like I've already gone through this with Carson Wentz for the longest period of time. He's throwing the broomsticks out there, and then everybody's like, oh, he's terrible. Well, no crap. He didn't have anybody to throw to. So now he's got the wide receivers that he needs. He's got a very good tight end. He's got some pass catching backs. This offense is going to throw more than like, I think it was like 23 on average from like week seven on was pass attempts. And it was, I mean, I listen, I love watching football of any capacity, watching us run the ball 70 times a game. Wasn't the most uh, uh, enthusiastic watch. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's good. I think it's going to work itself out. It'll be much more balanced. And, you know, with A.J. Brown leading the way with the chemistry that he's already got built in with Hertz uh, outside of football, I think it's going to I think it's just going to work perfectly, especially in a division where you've got two teams that are eh, not that great, I guess is the nicest way I'll put it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I got a question for you, Ryan. So obviously we saw Miles Sanders last year going into a lot of fantasy and high expectations and all that. And then we saw the this emergence of Kenneth Gainwell come along and become more of a receiving threat on the offense. And it, it surprised me. I, I honestly did not know who he was going into the season. This guy came out of nowhere to me. Um, but my main question here is, which running back on the roster do you trust the most, if any of them in particular? Um, just because I saw Gainwell stole a lot of snaps from Miles Sanders in 2021, and Sanders was, is supposed to be your primary running back, but if he's getting snaps stolen from him, obviously there's an issue there. So, what do you expect going forward with them with these guys? Expectations going forward, I think you're going to see Gainwell on most of the passing downs. As much as I trust Miles Sanders, I mean the dude's got over five yard per carry on his entire career. He is he's very good at running the football doesn't have the greatest hands in the world. And I think they kind of figured that out. That's why they went with Gainwell in the draft last year. Um, and I mean, Gainwell is explosive. He's, he's very quick. Uh, he, can, he can get open into space very quickly uh, in the passing game out of the backfield. Sanders just doesn't have that element to his game. So I, I, it's not really a split, if you will, but the passing downs are going to go more to Gainwell, I think, than they are to Miles Sanders. And that's fine with me because Sanders has had an injury issue. So the more time he spends off the field, the healthier he's going to be so he can be more effective when we actually need him at running the ball. Cause I think out of all the backs that we have on our roster, Boston Scott included Sanders is by far the best all around back. It's just, he's not an, you know, excelling pass catcher like Gainwell has proven over his first year. So in like goal line situations, who do you expect to be the guy inside the three yard line to make the move, make the push right there? Cause that, that seems to be kind of a weakness when looking at the the depth chart of the Eagles running back situation. Cause I don't know that I would trust any of them to pound it in from three yards out. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because Sanders didn't even score at all last year. I mean, that's an outlier year. Most backs that are starting in an offense like this, he's going to score touchdowns this year. I'm not, I'm, you know, pretty confident in that. But like you said, it it's kind of hard to put your faith into some of these guys when you have that. And Sirianni, he didn't really have like a main guy on goal line last year. You saw a lot of Jordan Howard, who's not there anymore. You saw a lot of Boston Scott when Miles Sanders was out. And then when Miles Sanders was in, it wasn't that effective. And then Gainwell took some as well. 
So I think Sanders will probably be the main guy. Uh, I, I would probably trust him the most uh, as a goal linebacker, but it's not the, you know, it's not the most confidence I have in the world. <laughs> I mean, right. it's 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 going to be tough. But I think that when you got Hurts a quarterback who uh, I think he scored nine, ten times on the ground last year, and most of that was inside the red zone. I don't think you have to worry as much about the running back situation when you got a quarterback like Hurts. Yeah, so that even might be your your main option inside uh, the five yard line. Is you know, like the Chiefs out here, we run a lot of misdirection as you're used to with Andy Reid, and so whenever he gets inside, especially just the red zone in general, he likes to get real cute, do all kinds of funny things, and we're not like a power team where we gotta we gotta punch it in, just hand off up up you know we're right up the gut you know the a gap. Um, we're much more of a team that can find ways to get in the end zone by misdirection, and that might be the Eagles way of going about things this season without having a primary back to pound it in there. And yeah, Hertz did have 10 rushing touchdowns last year. He might even be a guy put in there uh, and just take a direct snap to rush it in. Yeah. And he did that quite a bit last year. There was a lot of design runs that Philadelphia used when they were in the red zone. And it's going to be really fun to watch this year because you had a lot of stacked boxes. You can't stack a box when you've got Goddard, AJ Brown, and then Devonta Smith on the other side. It's just not going to work for you defensively when you've got a quarterback like Hertz. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to open up a lot more scoring opportunity for the running backs when they get down close. But I, I think, like you said, it may be a situation where Hertz is a lead ball carrier at the goal line over the other guys. So let's talk about Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. There's been some talk out there that uh, both of these guys are expected to have a thousand yard seasons. What do you put the odds on of that happening? And who do you think is going to have the better season is it going to be Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown by the end of the year? Ooh, that's a good question because I'm a big Devonta Smith fan. I think he should have hit 1,000 last year. They should Sirianni, could, Sirianni should have kept him in that week 18 game just so he could hit the 1,000, but he didn't do it. Um, odds on both of them hitting it, I'd say it's probably pretty 50-50. It's going to be close, I think, because honestly, when you look at the rest of that offense, the only other guy that's going to get close to probably 800 yards is Goddard. Everybody else would just kind of file in. Pascal's not going to get anywhere close. I like Quez Watkins, but he's not going to get anywhere close either. So it's it's really going to be force feed A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, which I think is going to work out. Devonta Smith last year almost had 1,000 yards as the number one receiver with top coverage. He was double covered constantly, and Hertz was not the most accurate passer. So now you move A.J. Brown to get the double coverage and top coverage, and Devonta Smith should be able to burn number two cornerbacks all day long. I think it's going to really help him in his development in his second year. He's only going to get better. He's not going to get worse. So in terms of who's going to have the better season, I guess that really depends. Do you care more about who scores more touchdowns or who has more yardage at the end of the year? Because it might be A.J. Brown with 10 touchdowns, but Smith might have 200 more yards than he does. That's fair on that one. Yeah, so I had one more question, just kind of alluding to what you talked about with Jalen Hurts. So obviously he's now been with the team for two years. Last year had a full season to start. Um, Passing-wise, I'm sure there's a lot left to be desired, uh, especially when you compare him to the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but do you do you see this guy as someone you can trust as a fan uh, to be your quarterback of the future? Is this is this – blind hope or is it you really believe he's going to end up being a successful player in the league uh doing what he does which is he's so far been a 59 percent completion percentage passer for his career obviously a good runner got to rely on with that uh but is this going to work long term in your mind with this team if he continues to improve this season even if he ups his accuracy a little bit his completion percentage i think it will 
he ever since uh, college, every single year that he started since college, he has improved his passer rating, his completion percentage, yardage, all that stuff. He's just gotten better every single year. And really last season was his rookie season in my mind. He only got, I think, four games uh, the year prior in his rookie year. And then he was thrown into the fire this this past season, had a full offseason to work as the starter, that whole stuff. So, um, yeah, and I understand that, you know, you really want some of the most accurate quarterbacks as your top guy. But who's the best quarterback in this league? I think it's Josh Allen right now uh, next to Pat Mahomes. And Josh Allen is not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, but he's so valuable because he can find his way out of the pocket, make plays extend. He can find a way to get the ball to his receivers on short yardage plays, and he can find a way to run it into the end zone himself. He's just a total package weapon. Everyone loves Hurts in Philadelphia in terms of like the team and the coaching staff. They say he's a fantastic leader, motivator, all that stuff. This is what we want. He's got all the tools and intangibles. As long as he doesn't fall flat on his face after he was given the gift of A.J. Brown and a competent, a competent core of receivers around him, I think that he's going to be starting in Philadelphia for the next five years probably. And I don't think that's blind faith. I think it's more of – I've actually watched him now over time get better. And I think it's just going to continue to happen. Gotcha. Right. So let's, let's talk a little bit of defense real quick here before we wrap it up here. You guys got Jordan Davis in the first there uh, to back up Fletcher Cox, you know, potentially maybe take over if Cox does get injured. Uh, but you had a series of pickups as well to help boost this defense, essentially going into play that kind of did struggle. You had Javon, uh, Javon Hargrave from Pittsburgh. You had Kazir White from the Chargers. And Hassan Reddick from uh, Carolina there. Uh, oh, wow. Hello, focus. There we go. Uh, like, what what, what, do you th- what are you seeing here on this defense? Are we seeing definitely a lot better going into play this year? And they got this year? James Branberry as well. Yeah, that's right. Branberry. I, sorry, I totally missed that. Branberry as well. So how do, how do we feel going with this defense? Like, I know we were kind of iffy last year going into play. Like, yeah, we, we could perform, but we're, we might not. What are you thinking this year? It's the most confident in a, in the defense that I've been since our Super Bowl year, I think, because ever since that season, we have struggled so bad with linebacker depth. I mean, we were starting guys out there that would be four stringers on other teams. Now you got White, you got Hassan Reddick, you've got Nicobe Dean that we drafted, who from all reports, there's a good chance that he starts week one when the reason he fell in the draft was people were worried that he wasn't going to be able to play his first year pretty much at all. Um, I mean, You've got that. You've got the back lineup of uh, Darius Slay. And like you guys said, James Bradbury is just a huge signing for us. He kind of flamed out the last season in uh, New York who didn't flame out last season. That was a giant. I mean, Kenny Galladay is a better receiver than he showed last season. So it's, you know, this defense is actually set to, I I shouldn't say dominate because that sounds too too boastful, but it really is the defensive line is going to be almost unstoppable. If you've got um, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham back healthy after last season. And then, you know, the whole rotation of other edge rushers that we got in there, Hargrave, who's going to be able to run against that up the middle. I mean, you've got 320 something pound Jordan Davis right next to one of the best defensive tackles that we've seen in the past 10 years in Fletcher Cox. It's, it's hard not to be excited about it. Yeah, I like that defense a lot, actually, too. And the Kobe Dean was a steal, of course. Jordan mm-hmm. Davis, I loved him. That was a great pick. And then, of course, Hassan Riddick. I've always been a fan of him. Um, I remember back when he was coming out going pro that I wanted the Chiefs to get him pretty badly just because of his versatility. The guy can kind of line up and all, all over the field and make plays. 
uh, Darius Slay, of course, and uh, there's just a lot of guys to work with. A lot of playmakers so on that defense. I'm looking forward to seeing if, if they can end up somewhere in you know the top 12 defenses, then you're looking at a team who should end up in the playoffs and maybe beyond. Definitely. So let's give a, a record prediction here. Uh, we'll start with you, Ryan. I'm going to give Philadelphia 11 wins this season. I looked at their schedule. It's one of the lowest strength of schedules in all the NFL. I think Dallas is the only one with the lowest at uh, 32nd. They have the, the best strength of schedule, if you will. Um, and I think that we're going to win the division ahead of Dallas. I, I just don't see Dallas being able to beat us out unless injuries happen, which knock on wood that they don't. Right. What do you got, JG? I got them also winning the division at 10 and 7. Mike? Yeah, I got 10 and 7 as well, but not quite winning the division, but a playoff team. I got 11 and 6. I got 11 and 6 going in. So I, I love So, the, do you have them win the division? I do. Wow. So, I'm the only one. Of the, You're I, the only one without wow, the division. Okay, okay. Is it I, Dallas? I just, do you think it's Dallas that's going to win it? I got Dallas with 11. So, there it is. Yep. So, well, cool. Awesome. Ryan, well, we appreciate you joining us for the Eagles segment here. Uh, guys, make sure you go catch them on Fantasy Football for the People. Roto Baller, he writes for, and Wag Me, they came out for some stuff, too, as they're doing their draft kits. Uh, Ryan just released his uh, his also rankings on Fantasy Football for the People, so go check that out as well. So it's a, it's a great time for it, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm busier than I've ever been, but you guys are going to see tons and tons of content come out uh, from all on all those platforms from me, so... Uh, follow my Twitter handle there at the bottom of the screen at triple FTP. And I'll update you whenever I got new stuff coming out. And the best part of fantasy season, Ryan, is that it begins now and it, it goes all the way till the end of December. So that means we got <laughs> the next five or six months, whatever you want to look at it as, as just straight up fantasy all the time, every week, every day. Yep. I've been drafting <laughs> since May, so I'm ready for the season. <laughs> to start. That's the stuff I used to do, man. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. All right, Ryan, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks Thank a lot, you, man. Ryan. Thank, Thank, you. Guys. Thank you. All right, guys, up next here, we're going to talk about some Washington Commanders here going into play, bringing in Couch Coach Live. Man, you know how many times I, I re, had to rewrite that because I put Coach Couch Live? Like, I don't even know. Like I kept reading it, and then I would go away from the window, and I'm like, I still got it wrong. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? How you doing, man? What's up? Uh, freeze! Oh, freeze! He froze for a minute. Think, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we there we go. There we go. All right. All right. All right. We good. We good. How you doing, man? I'm good. How y'all doing? We're good. We're good. Hey, I appreciate you joining us here, talking to some commanders here. Um, I saw you back on uh, Let's Talk Sports in February. I believe the end of February or early March. You guys were talking about draft stuff, so I uh, appreciate you definitely joining us there. Appreciate the invite. Yeah. So, uh, so do you live in the Washington area? I live in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, okay, the, form, the former home of the other uh, training camp. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, yeah. very, very nice. Hey, I see you wearing a Nationals hat. So, where are you right. trading Soto to? <laughs> Rough times. <laughs> <laughs> where are you trading Soto, man? It's going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm. It's hurt. It's hurtful. I understand. I'm a Royals. We're Royals fans, and we lose oh, all yeah. our good players. Every so. time we have yeah. somebody good, don't we, worry. We got to kiss them goodbye. Every time somebody good comes along. <laughs> I know. One kind of came in, and yeah, <laughs> right. Well, hey, let's talk to the Commanders here. Right, going to the play. You guys added uh, Carson Wentz into the play. Uh, you got Jahan Dotson uh, in the first round, and. 
you know, signed an extension with Terry uh, McLaurin. So scary what Terry. Do you, what do you think about the offense side of the commanders yeah. here? Um, I think he's definitely improved, um, especially when you look at this, obviously, at the quarterback position. I think Carson Wentz actually finally has a number one wide receiver in uh, Terry McLaurin, which I think that's going to be definitely great for him. He got really. Not we're having connection issues. Ability to kind of, uh, take the top off the defense and also um, help that as well. So um, defense, I mean, the offense definitely has improved, um, especially from that. And then also from the running back perspective, I think um, drafting and Brian Robinson Jr. as well definitely helps. And we could, you know, potentially have a three-headed monster at the uh, running back position where we have guys, all you know, pretty much a variety of, of, of running backs in that staple. And um, the offensive line is kind of one of the things where – I like it. Um, I think we should have proved a little bit better because obviously the big question is because last year that biggest issue was pass protection. So you all, you add a guy in Nor um, Norwell from uh, Jacksonville. So hopefully you know that could potentially help, but we still you know you know obviously losing a guy like a Brandon Sheriff doesn't help at all. So line is a little bit questionable, but it's solid. Yeah, I, I like overall the team. I like the way the direction they're going anyways. Um, my main concern would just be that we're maybe looking at Carson Wentz as kind of a stopgap situation while the rest of that team develops. And it gets, you know, Jahan Dotson's going to be around for a long time. Obviously, the, the point with Terry McLaurin is keep him around for a long time. He's one of the great receivers in the league. But do you just, what do you think and see as far as him as any kind of future with the team? And they just not like Taylor, uh, Taylor Haneke? Is that, just, is that the direction they're going is away from him? I see. You know what's funny? I think, um, and people might think this is crazy, but I think this is going to be a Sam Howell led team. Oh, wow! That's a big <laughs> statement. That's a big statement. <laughs> In three fifth rounds, kind of, kind of suspect, but like, but you know, hey, they're looking for the future, and I, you know, and they, I think they really realize that Taylor is really the backup. You know, regardless of the circumstance, I think Carson wins more like the stopgap at this sure. point. It's almost desperate a band-aid on a on a wound. And we know that the you know, biggest elephant in the room is the franchise quarterback, and we, we haven't addressed that in years. Yep. That'll be the thing. I, I'm curious to see how that unfolds with Wentz. Go ahead, Jason. So if we're saying that Carson Wentz is kind of a stopgap, I just want to know, you know, he's had a, a passer rating over 94 times in his career. Are we thinking that he's maybe underrated and that just people don't give him credit for that? Because I know – you know, for me personally, I don't, I wouldn't trust him. If I were a Washington fan, I don't trust him in the playoffs, but I think he could have a really, really good regular season, you know, because of his, you know, history behind that passer rating. Do you view him as an underrated quarterback in the league? Um, I guess you can, you can really say, I can, I say I'm underrated, but then also incomplete. Uh, we definitely look at that 2017 season and look at, okay, Okay, we're gonna envy kind of the fractured locker room in Philly. That kind of obviously, you, it's it's hard to kind of you know when you when you lose your job to Nick Foles, who ended up being the Super Bowl MVP. It's hard to get that locker room back. Um, and then even with the Indianapolis situation, where they were pretty much a game short of Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville. It's one of the things where it is incomplete and it's unfortunate, but he, you know. I think this year could be one of those years where you can kind of 
get, he might get a little bit more of a better body of work where, you know, now you can say, hey, where he has a bona fide 1,000 yard. Yeah. Receiving, you know, so, you know, if he can stay consistent, this could be his opportunity to kind of get somewhat of a, a, a complete grade or a complete evaluation. Yeah, I do like the running back situation, at least. I'm a big fan of Antonio Gibson because the guy obviously played wide receiver in college, just transferred over very, very well in the NFL now. And then J.D. McKissick as well. And then you out there talked about Brian Robinson as well. So he's going to have at least a great backfield to work with. So that's always going to help any kind of quarterback who's working to gain confidence as far as being able to work and play action off of that kind of thing. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to give up on wins by any means, but I'm curious to see how he unfolds there in Washington. Definitely. So, hey, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. A little bit more exciting, I think, in my in my opinion. Uh, Chase Young's coming off his injury, uh, coming to play. Darren, Darren Payne's there, Jonathan Allen. These guys are, you know, they – kind of had a shortfall due to injuries, maybe something, maybe less depth as well was the issue as well, that they should have been a lot higher last year. What are we going into play here? You just drafted uh, Federian Mathis in the second. Uh, you also got Percy Butler and free safety there in the fourth. What are we thinking here? Um, it, the defense, I think that's, it's, that's the, like the biggest question mark. I think a lot of people are still riding on that 2020 season and thinking that that could potentially happen. Um, Definitely. The only thing, you know, obviously we're getting chased back, but the only thing that really bothered me a lot, especially from that defensive line, is not keeping guys like Mike, uh, Matt Ioannidis and also losing Tim Settle. And we already know how essentially that de- that defensive line was was gutted pretty much throughout, you know, throughout the, the, the season, where it's pretty much was almost like a almost like musical chairs at, at all the positions, you know, um, in, on the defensive line. Um, I think Percy Percy would kind of give us. I think he'd give us depth in that secondary. Um, he'll definitely help with that. And I think that was the biggest issue last year was our secondary. Um, and it's funny because every week we always say, "Hey, you're, whoever's our opponent, second or third um, running back or the slot, start him in fantasy." We always say that every week. Mm-hmm. We were like, whatever, because and I think that was our biggest issue. And then obviously, um, still that linebacker position is still kind of questionable. Um, I, you know, that's another one where I, I, I'm surprised we really didn't address that either. And so a lot of it too, just like I'm just really for the most part. Yeah, looking at your roster, I mean, as far as the defensive line goes, I still love the talent there. I mean, those guys yeah. are loaded. I still like Deron Payne. Uh, Jonathan Allen, I still think has a lot of upside. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, of course. I love the Federian Mathis pick from Alabama. Uh, I was a big fan of him. You guys got a steal on that one, in my opinion. Um, but just looking at the team, though, obviously you talked about 2020, and they were the number two ranked defense in the entire league, only behind the Rams. And last year finished as number 29 in the league. Like, there's a huge drop off. I understand injuries happen. But, like, is there more to this than what the numbers show? Like, do you think there was a reason other than injuries that maybe caused a drop-off in defensive production? Being able that it getting to the quarterback. And I think you looked at it, obviously, in the beginning where not getting that pass rush and that, you know, because you look at all our quarterbacks that we faced, they pretty much had all day. And they pretty much was picking us apart each weekend and we got – Out. So that was happening. 
we already knew like the linebacker position was already kind of a weak, uh, um, weaker spot for us going into 2021. It it made it even worse. It's almost like it's, and I think the real thing, the key from 2020 is we didn't get, uh, uh, we got. A lot of turnovers and oh we pretty much um was getting demolished especially on our third down defense i think that was the biggest key and it's crazy every week it's it, you know you highlight stats and you'll see okay things that stick out every week third down percentage third down um, defense it was at least 50 plus two where we weren't able to stop off the opponents on third down and that and that just kept them on the field and just tired out that defense week in and week out. Makes sense. All right. Any other questions, guys? All right. Let's go prediction time here. Record time. What do you got the Washington Commanders finishing at at the end of the year? All right. So this is what I have for my Washington Commanders team. I have this Washington Commander team at 10 and 7 and will – Win the 2022 NFC East. Wow. I like it. Big expectations. <laughs> All right. I will stand on that here. <laughs> I like it. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, I've got them coming close, actually. I've got uh, the Cowboys slightly out of the mix here. I actually have – I had the Eagles at 10-7. and 7. I also have the Commanders – at 10 and seven, but I do believe the Eagles will win the division by tiebreaker. I have them both at 10 and seven. I do believe that you're going to see a, a violent snap back on, you know, the way that the defense was last year. I think they're going to come back to form and play really, really well. And I just, I just like the offense as well. So I think Antonio Gibson specifically will take a big step forward this year. And like I said earlier, I do believe in Carson Wentz. As a good regular season quarterback, like we used to say about Peyton Manning back in the day, so that that's why I'm going ten and seven. I also want to point out to you, Kirk Cousins has done that eight times. That stat about ninety and over quarterback rating. That's all uh, you got to do. But but there's probably a reason why some fans in Minnesota aren't very happy with him. You can win the division doing that stuff. Sure, but yeah. can you go further than that? That's the main issue that people are. Well, that's not we're debating right now. No, no, no. I'm just bringing a point <laughs> to the mix there. Hey, when you're in a bad, hey, when you're in a bad division. Winning the division is actually a really, really big deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, what's your prediction? All right. I got the Commanders coming in at 8-9 and nine is my prediction for them. Third place in the NFC East. Um, I like the core of this team. I think there's still some things on the back end. I'm, I'm concerned about the secondary more than anything else. Uh, and obviously the linebackers. That front four is going to be awesome. But, you know, I just I don't know that there's enough talent on the back end to make up for – What's going to happen back there? I just I, I see that's being a problem. And you know, you got to remember the guys. The Cowboys had the number one scoring offense in the NFL last year, playing them twice and airing it out. That kind of deal. I just I don't like the situation. But with that said, I think that if you look at the core of the team and you look at the guys that are going to be there, the young guys that are going to be there for a long time, there's stuff to work with on that team for sure. Yeah. So my high sight. So I could see ten and seven. Looking at the schedule here, but Jacksonville, Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago. Uh, maybe a split with Philly at least, uh, Houston as well, and the two two games with the Giants, and then even possibly Cleveland or San Francisco. You can easily get ten wins in this. I'm gonna go with Mike though. I think eight and nine is kind of where I'm seeing as well, more realistic in the play. Um, I see maybe a couple games that 
may happen that could be close, but gets dropped uh, either due to a Carson or possibly just injuries on the defensive side. So I'm going eight and nine in this uh, prediction as well. So, you know, couch coach life, where can we find you, man? Where, where Where's your content? Yes, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Couch Coach Live. Predominantly a lot on Twitter. I do a lot of, like clips in there, and also they stay coming down the turnpike. Awesome. Hey, August twentieth, Chiefs and uh, Washington Commanders playing each other preseason football. So we'll be checking that out. Maybe we could do something to get you on with us to talk about the game. Yes, and actually, I'm going to be at the game. Uh, my father ah. actually lives out. In, my father lives. But yeah, we could definitely do something. Yeah, um, just hit me up. Yeah, I'm here, awesome, yeah. absolutely, good deal, man. Yeah. All right, well, hey, appreciate Sorry. you joining and us maybe, here and talking to Washington. Too. Who knows? Yeah, we might yeah. do too. So. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining. Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That was Couch Coach Live, guys. Go follow him on Twitter. There, uh, great account to follow and great content as well. So, uh, all right, guys. Time to jump in some New York Giants, guys. We're bringing in Jim Berenger, friend of the show. What's up, boys? Mr. Hockey Man. What's up, man? What's up, boys? What's going on? I'm branching out tonight. I know. This this isn't let's teach the buffoon and Bakins tonight. It's uh, (laughs) let's talk to New York Giants. (laughs) You guys might teach me a thing or two tonight. We, we I, so far I've, I've had to probably like bring people back down a notch and some of their predictions and the, between last week and this week. So that's wait, what I'm wait, going wait. With. I want to get this out of the way. Every year I say the same thing, whether they do good, whether they do bad when it was, when there was an eight and eight, when it used to be 16 games, I always said eight and eight couldn't get my expectation. If they were bad. Okay. If they were better. Okay. <laughs> so yep. that's what I used to always say. Now I got to change it. <laughs> All right, it makes sense. <laughs> that does suck for you now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, Ayo Saba here said, go, Avs, go. He's just throwing yeah. it out there. Uh, yeah, he's just throwing it out there. I mean, hey, guys, guys want to get their bets in early. I, I understand. Like, just take the Avs <laughs> right now to repeat. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cool, man. Well, let's talk some uh, football. Let's talk some New York Giants here. Uh, you know, I don't I don't feel like a lot happened. You got a new head coach, right? Yeah. Coming on for DM. From from uh, the Bills, there maybe some more hope into play. You got Tyrod Taylor as a backup now. Uh, you kind of had Matt Breda come in from uh, Buffalo as well, come to be your second string to Saquon. Saquon actually looks pretty good. What? How's our offense feeling? What's the feeling on the offense right now? Again, how are you feeling about the offense? I said this I don't know how many times to Dan throughout various spots <laughs> that I've said. If Daniel Jones was picked later in the first round, I'd be okay with it. But this guy has not progressed since being where he was picked by the Giants. Um, you have Tyrod Taylor. I could see him. I could easily see Tyrod Taylor being a starting quarterback by middle of season, if not earlier. Uh, I, I'm just not sold on Daniel Jones' progression. Um, the weapons are there as well. I mean, look, if Saquon's going to have a big, big year, bounce back year. Look, they did some good things. When you when you draft a guy like Evan Neal to shore up the offensive line, maybe this allows the running game to do more. But they have to they have to be able to throw the football. And that's always, you know, over the last couple of years, teams know what's coming. You just hand the ball to Saquon and you know they, they don't get it done and everybody knows what's coming. 
they definitely, you know, we'll see what they do. You know, Galladay there, you know, Tony, you know, yeah, Sterling Shepard. Again, the, the, the weapons, are they good enough for Daniel Jones? And he has to progress too. And I think this was a great move to get Tyrod Taylor there as the backup quarterback because it's a guy veteran, been there. He's taken teams to playoffs, you know, different mentality. Dable knows who he is. So I like the new – I like what the coaches are bringing, and I like the atmosphere that's around the Giants. We'll see what happens, though, offensively. I do yeah. love the Mark uh, Glowinski from Indy pick for right guard coming into play. That's going to really help with development, I think, of Evan Neal. So pretty excited for that one for you guys. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the funny thing with Tyrod Taylor is I think he's everyone's favorite backup. Because no matter where he goes, the guy just seems like if he was to step in, he's going to outperform the starter. And he's done that. Now he's at his, like, he's probably like 33 by now. Just, to, I don't know. I need to look into it. Let me look up for but how old he is. The guy is just one of those guys that doesn't go away. But when he does play, he does just good enough to stick around the league. Kind of like what Chase Daniel has done in the past, I guess, where he just finds himself a role in a niche and figures a way to make it work. But you probably, if he was to play at some point this year, 32. get a guy who's not going to have as, as many mistakes or turn the ball over quite often compared to what a Daniel Jones could be doing. Um, but overall, like I, I think Kenny Galladay is still a good player. Kadarius Tony is an interesting one because he's an elite athlete that I think that I'd be more concerned about is, is his head on right. Is he going to be prepared to play and, you know, is he going to cause issues? Because obviously we saw some issues last year, and I just, I'm, I'm curious to see if his career stays on the right path um, from a mental standpoint, I suppose. Uh, Sterling Shepard, this guy is always injured. So, I mean, now if we're, if we're having any issues in the receiving corp group, you're going down to Wandell Robinson, who they just drafted. And, you know, he's a little undersized, but, you know, it's just not a guy you want to rely on to be your WR2 or even 3 rate right now yet. Um, but with that said, I mean, I think that Barkley is going to be the guy to lean on no matter what. you got to rely on him to be healthy. That's, that's what your team is based around still. And you know, catching eighty passes again, get back to yeah. the old, get back to rookie Saquon. Let's hope for that, you know, to come back around again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they have to. I think Dave going to be smart, you know, because being up there, um, Josh Allen with the running game that they had, they knew how to mix it up, not just pound the football, but get their uh, the running backs involved in the passing game as well. That opens up the passing game as well. Don't forget Slayton's still there for the Giants. I, you know, I've always been a fan of them. You know, the Giants, they find guys like these wide receivers, they find, you know, they may be undrafted or dra- late draft picks. You know, like a Victor Cruz, he just shows up and yeah. he's there during camp and he makes the team. And you're like, oh, who's this guy in preseason? And and I'm glad that, you know, there's at least a couple of preseason games because that's maybe where they're going to be able to find some wide receivers if uh, Tony doesn't have his head on straight because I think that's a big issue because he still kind of wants out of New York. But, hey, you know what? If he's going to miss the train, you know, with this group, you know what? Maybe he's not a table guy. But I agree. You have to get back to mixing the run pass game because Giants heavily too much based on the run. They got to mix it up because teams know what coming, especially the good teams. Because you know, my dad, my dad always said, my dad always said it best. Growing up as a Giants fan, running back runs the left, running back runs right, running back goes up the middle, and then the Giants punt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the way it's worked for a little while oh, there. Yeah. Hey, but don't be too upset. I mean, you guys won two Super Bowls with Eli Manning, so now we're just going through the downslope of things. That's the way it works. Hey, I mean, look, I got to say I was spoiled as a Giant fan. The year I was born, they won against Denver. Uh, and then they beat the Bills in probably one of the – I'm going to say probably one of the best Super Bowl games I ever watched. Uh, 
you know, that came down to that kick. That was awesome. Feel bad for Bills fans, but you know, hey, that was their year to do it. But you know, they lost the Giants. You know, Belichick being there, and then the two Eli Manning throws. I mean, you know, if if the referee umpire calls in the grass, Patriots are undefeated, but they didn't. Plexico. I still say to this day, if Plexico doesn't shoot himself in the leg, the Giants are going to repeat. Like, I really – I was convinced because they were playing so well. Like, they look so dominant. And then he shoots himself in the leg. Jeez. Uh, Definition <laughs> that's, of that's, shoot yourself that's, in the That's foot. a Plaxico yeah. move right there. Yeah. yeah. Jason knows all about that, right? Well, I was <laughs> thinking maybe you can just bring him out of retirement and you can run it back. Like, he's probably what? He's only 40 or he's 45 He's coaching right now. I think like he's with the Lions wide receiver coaches. Hey, right hey, hey, Brady's still playing. Why not? Get him back. <laughs> I say bring back T.O. T.O.'s still playing. Terrell Owens, bring him back to NFL. He's still out there. T.O., I mean, heck, dude's a Hall of Famer in my book. I mean, let's go. He He's played for what? He played for Dallas. He played for the Eagles. Why not? Make make oh. the rounds on the NFC East. Keep it going. Play for the Bills for a year. Let's not forget that either. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you did already mention Brian Dable, and I think the big argument in favor of Daniel Jones right now is the fact that, you know, Josh Allen wasn't exactly a world beater until Brian Dable improved him. And so I think people are looking back at that and saying, oh, well, you can do the same thing with J Daniel Jones. And we, at least on this show, we know that that, sure as shit is not going to happen, but do, do you think he will at least move the needle for Daniel Jones or, I mean, or, or does he just not have enough weapons yet? I mean, look to me, I personally, if you're not progressing and he's shown signs of it, but the big thing for me is Dable's got to get those turnovers under control. That was because I watched a lot of college football and I saw him playing at Duke and I was like, you know, this doesn't make sense. Why are you taking this guy that's so turnovers heavy? Why would you do this? Like at this pick when there were so many other needs um, that the Giants needed, if you had traded down, I would have said, okay, I'm, uh, it's okay. Now you have a little bit more leeway. But, you know, the fact that he hasn't taken that next step, if Dable can control the turnovers and, you know, at least Jones can manage games, you know, instead of turning the ball over like the bad turnover when the Giants are driving in the in the offensive zone, interception, fumble, whatever. If that can be fixed, then Jones's game can improve. Uh, and I think that's where they brought Dable in because they saw what he did with Josh Allen. And don't get me wrong, the general manager up there in Buffalo as well, who is now the new general manager for the Giants, also brought in weapons. I mean, when you have Stefan Diggs catching footballs, from Josh Allen, I mean, he's going to improve, but also it, it helps to have the foundation with the offensive line and protection. I mean, anybody, you know, you can have Joe Smith out there, and if he's protected, he can throw the ball around um, with a good offensive line. So and I think that's a big area that the Giants need to work on is too, is just get back to fundamentals, and that's going to be able to improve Daniel Jones's game on the field. I have a question about that as far as the turnovers go, because obviously the Giants coming from a player who was very turnover prone and Eli Manning, then drafting a guy in Daniel Jones, who also has a, a case of the turnovers himself. Uh, what's What do you think is the biggest difference watching both these guys throughout their careers that has made Eli Manning win two Super Bowls, even though you've had your ups and downs with Eli Manning, compared to what Daniel Jones is just not capable of doing? What are the differences you see in these two guys? 
Well, one, I think one guy had Tom Coughlin who doesn't, you know, deal with turnovers that well. Everybody knows how, you know, if you're, you know, five minutes early, you're late with, with him. Um, and I think that was a big thing for me. And I think the mechanically, I just think Eli Manning was better. I mean, granted, he's coming from a pedigree, you know, with Peyton and his father. And now, you know, the, the youngest one's going to Texas. So, I mean, like. These guys, they, they know how to ha- do the fundamentals. I just don't think Daniel Jones's fundamentals are there because it, maybe he's just been running around too much like a chicken with his head cut off because of the offensive line just not being good. But you can see what Cincinnati did, you know, with Burrow. Okay, the guy got hurt. We got to go improve the offensive line. We still got issues in the Super Bowl, but we're going to address those issues. Like, I think that's the big thing is you got to work on those fundamentals, get those reps in, and I think it'll come. Maybe you study more film. Like, as me as a hockey player, if I if I had turnovers, I wouldn't like it. I'd see where things were coming. Um, and, you know, for him, I think that's what they do. I just don't think the Giants, the coach that was there, they've gone through so many coaches. Eli at least had Kurt Warner, too, like a, a guy who's been there and understands the game. And I think that's hurt Daniel Jones development too. But the fact that it's just the product that on the field is just, it hasn't been good. And there, you really haven't seen signs of improvement. At least why Eli, there was signs of improvement until towards the end when he was just, you know, turnover machine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was a bad thing to watch at the end of the Eli. Yeah. Same thing with Peyton. Peyton was also pretty disgusting to watch, but Eli was a little <laughs> bit worse. I would say he was hurt though. So yeah, I know. Well, or Peyton had the neck vertebrae, whatever yeah. going on. So you can yeah. see that was given out. So hey, let's let's switch to defense here. Kind of talking about it. So recently, Dexter Lawrence came out, uh, which I'm actually still pretty high on. Came out and said he wants to make history. He wants he wants to do something. I guess change the game. I don't know what it was. I can't exactly what it was, but he made a lot of trying to come out with a lot of hype. I think eventually, uh, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau drafted one. Uh, you kind of put a lot of picks into the defense side. So what what's our feeling on the defense right now? I think they improved their defense. I mean, that was one of their strengths before the previous general manager, Gettleman, decided to destroy it. Um, Grant Just like giving everybody away uh, because their, their strength has always been their defense. And then that's what the Giants need to get back to. Again, on the, on the offensive side, they like to run the football, thinking down – passes you saw that with sims back in the day obviously they're going their throwbacks uh throwback jerseys uh to 1990s which are one of the best looking jerseys out there but i like the pick of Thibodeau. the fact that he fell there it's a good defensive end you know again pass rushing giants that's what they do good linebackers good pass rushing that's how they won super bowls pressure on a quarterback they you watch games last year year before they cannot get to anybody and their cornerback play has to improve too. And they, and they drafted a lot of good players on that side of the football. So this is where they got to lock it down because too many times in too many games, they've been in games, defense lets them down. Or defense gets big turnover, offense lets them down. I think you're going to slowly under Dable, things are going to come together. But I like the addition of Thibodeau with the draft pick. It just gives a big presence now on the defensive line. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, obviously, you guys spent a lot of draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. I'm more, I'm more curious about what's going to happen with the pass rush. Obviously, we expect Kayvon Thibodeau to step right in and you know get you guys ten sacks right off the bat, right? That, that's what everybody's expectation is. 
Um, but I'm curious to see how they use him because obviously he's a very versatile athlete that can be used all over the field, even in coverage if needed. So um, that'll be fun to watch. I, I'm not sure that I'm totally sold on the current defense that we see on paper right now. I think in the future, though, I see that they have some a lot of youth to build up to. And obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Orlad's uh, depth charts, the, the best depth chart damn list in the entire world, updated every single day, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. But I like Dane Belton as well from Iowa. That's one of the guys that I liked quite a bit coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, he's going to be a good safety for you guys. I don't know what the future is necessarily for Julian Love, if he's going to be a big part of that, that defense or not. But still, I'm, just, I'm curious to see how everything unfolds for the team, and I'm just not quite sold yet. But my question for you is going to be this. So basically considering, at least from my perspective, that 2022 is going to still continue to be a rebuilding year for the Giants, um, they're basically in a position where they just need to stack talent through the draft going forward. What do you think is the biggest weakness that should be addressed live from Kansas City on draft day next year? <laughs> oh, put me on the spot. It's a good question. I've always said that, you know, outside of the offensive line, the one big thing for me has been their cornerbacks. I think that's one of their their weaknesses too. Like when they were good, winning Super Bowls, they, they could create more turnovers and they could be more stealth-like and they had – somebody that could match the wide receiver on the other end, the top guy. I don't know if they have that right now. Um, they may. You could see it in training camp. Somebody could show up, but pads and shorts and T-shirts and shorts, you know, you, you don't do a lot uh, when it's 100 degrees out in New Jersey in the middle of August when you're working on practice and getting ready for, for the first game of the season. Obviously, you got, you know, preseason games in there as well. But, yeah, that's an area to me I just still think that they can address because they were getting beat down the field quite often last year. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Adore Jackson, obviously, is probably still your primary corner that you mm-hmm. guys need to be relying on. If he fails, then I'm assuming the rest of the secondary is probably going to have issues as well. Yeah, I mean, I like Xavier McKinney. I think he's he's a good player. Um, but they definitely need help on the cornerback side just to because you could watch certain games, Dallas, Washington, even anybody who had an elite receiver it was down the field wide open anytime it happened. Maybe it's coverages, schemes, maybe things change this year, um, packages wise. But to me, that that's an area that they can definitely improve on. Obviously, you always can improve O line, but I like this O line maybe coming together. This year, you know, protecting the football more. But I think defensively, they could work on a little bit of more things, especially in the corner position. That's just me, though. I like it. All right, real quick here before we get into record prediction. A.O. Saba came out with, who is the best Giants representative? And why is it Carl from Aqua Teen Hunker Force? Who did represent the Giants a bunch in that cartoon there. That's awful. <laughs> it really That's is. so awful. <laughs> why, Ariel Saba? <laughs> I have no idea hey, why. <laughs> some things are better left unsaid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Record prediction here. Let's talk. Uh, what do you got New York Giants? What's our record this year? Uh, I mean, you know, look at the schedule. I always say you split the division. So, I mean, they like I always say this. It never happens. But you could you should split the division. Outside of, I mean, I could see them going eight and nine this year, to be honest. Like, looking at this schedule, I could see them going 8-9. and nine. I could. Will it happen? Probably not. Prediction sure to go wrong, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, 
I don't want to give them like too bad of a losing record, but it's gonna. I mean, they, there are winnable games on this schedule. Mm-hmm, they really is. are. They really are. Eight and nine is really not a terrible record to have in a seventeen game season. So so far we've heard. So we we've talked to two others before you. We talked to the Eagles, who said yeah. it was going to be eleven and six, and then we talked to the Commanders, who said it was going to be ten and seven. And you're going to go eight and nine. Yeah. Or the Giants. Okay. That's okay. that's leaving the Cowboys to have to be under 500. Otherwise, you just have a really damn good division. That's a shame. <laughs> JG, what you got? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Giants are going to get slightly better. I, I call it addition by sub- subtraction because they don't have Joe Judge as their head coach. I'm going to go six, <laughs> and, 6 and 11. Dude, Joe Judge, so bad. <laughs> so last year, obviously, the Giants were 4 and 13. Um, I still I, – I don't – believe in Daniel Jones as the quarterback of that future of that team. I like the direction they're going in some areas. I still, I, the defense is something that I just, I, I really want to see more out of. Um, I'm going to go five 12 for the giants. Hey, it's an improvement. It's a definitely improvement. It's, it's over a one game improvement. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? One game. If the, the product on the field is better, fans will be happy. That's all they want because a lot of those games last year were very, very unwatchable. Well, you want the rookies to stand out because at least they, didn't you have some hope? You know, yeah. if, if you got the rookies, if, if you got your right tackle guy, uh, Evan, Evan Neal. Neal, if you got Evan Neal comes out and plays well, and obviously Thibodeau plays well, and maybe Dane Belton or who somebody else stands out and makes makes some plays, then you have something to look forward to for twenty twenty three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like we talked with the Jets with you Jets last last uh, week. You know, just want to see slight improvement. I mean, it's, anything's better than what you were. I so. felt bad because I, I had to tell him that your team's still going to suck. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's why I did six and eleven because if you can get four games with Joe Judge, you should certainly be able to get six without him. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a better team. I could, I'm see, at, six. I could see six. Yeah, I'm going five. I'm matching JG here with the six just for the fact that you're going to either win one of the games of Tennessee, Carolina. You're going to beat Chicago because they're just got awful. Yeah. Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, maybe Detroit, uh, and then maybe one other game between Washington, Philly, and Dallas at the end. So, yeah. like, you're able to squeeze in, I think, six wins in the end. So, yeah, I mean, six wins would be nice. You know, it, it, this team just has to show improvement on the field. And don't be surprised if out of those six wins, Tyrod Taylor wins like three of those games. Oh, maybe more. Maybe, yeah, more. maybe yeah. more. Maybe more. Maybe <laughs> more. Awesome. Well, Jim, hey, appreciate you joining us here talking Giants here. Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll definitely catch you here. Uh, I know you're at your. Do you have anything else coming out outside of Let's Talk Sports and and the Monday's show? No, that's it. Uh, everything's yeah. winding down. Season's pretty much over for hockey. So take a little take a little break. I like it. Time for vacation. I say vacation so. until until for a month until Giants start picking up. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Jim, thanks for joining, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. You too, man. Thank you. That's Jim Berenger, guys. He was with us during the draft uh, back in April, so it was great to have him back on again. Definitely. Definitely always is. All right. Let's bring the man that's made of stone, maybe metal. I can't remember which one it is. It's been so long since I coached him. Caleb, are you there? I know you're working. Yeah, I am. You hear me? Yeah, what is it? Is it metal or stone? I can't remember. What are you made of? No, I'm made of steel. What do you mean? Steel! That's what it is. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Still oh gets injured time to time, but don't worry about it. It's just it's just a little uh, little dip. 
<laughs> yeah, just a little bit. My confidence is a little shaken now. <laughs> How you doing, man? Oh, uh, you know, I'm 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 doing all right. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. How's the football season? How'd that uh, we actually ended back in June. And uh, hold on, I got someone. You're How's good. it going? I know, under four dollars. So just FYI, he is working while he does this. Hey, we're going to see some, some live footage. I don't think we ever had this uh, happen before. Yeah. Where, where is he working at right now? It looks like a grocery store. I can't tell. Okay. I think he should ask customers what their record prediction is for the Cowboys. Probably should. <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> this is all right. <laughs> uh, 1374 is your total. Was that expensive? Uh, what was it's, yesterday? What? Tuesday? Yeah, I think so. Because I, yeah, I know Monday was a uh, 407. Oh, waiting on me here. This is some prime live <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> I really think every, every customer you have, we should ask them their Cowboys record prediction <laughs> along the way. So let's 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 begin, Caleb. I haven't seen you in a year, so yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a nice night. Oh man, well, uh, you gotta lock the damn door, next customer, man. Don't let any more customers next, in. Next customer, I'll ask a Cowboys record. What they like, like <laughs> As we talk, as we talk, we want different. We want some new information. So. All right, dude. So All let's right. talk some Cowboys offense while we got you here. Uh, All right, <laughs> man. There's a, a few changes there. You got rid of Amari Pooper. Uh, he went to the Browns. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. He said it. Put he some said respect it. on my man's name. He Put some it. respect <laughs> on my man's name. <laughs> So you lost they did the, trade him for a bag of chips and uh, Kleenex, but pretty much that's thirteen dollars. That's thirteen bucks right there. Right. right. <laughs> so you thirteen seventy four. Yeah, rid of that. <laughs> Zeke sounds like he's in way better shape coming into play. And Dalton Schultz, I don't know. I haven't even heard any word about him if he's going to play on the franchise tag or not. What What's your uh, take on the offense right now? So as far as Dalton Schultz, I believe he is going to play on it because they did not. Um, come to agreement on Friday's deadline. So he's set to make, I think, what, over $10 million yep. this year or something like that. Um, and then, I mean, offensive line, that's going to be the biggest thing. Uh, they lost Connor Williams. I mean, that's not a huge loss. Uh, they lost Leo Collins. I mean, that kind of hurts over there. But I think Terrence Steele did a really good job in his um, – and Collins' absence, so I think giving him the starting role and actually letting him develop into the player that he can be, I think that will be great moving forward. Um, and then the rookie, uh, Ty Tyler Smith or something Tyler like Smith that. Coming to play. Yeah. Good he'll uh, play guard and uh, strong physical guy, so I think he'll, he'll be able to take that over. How's it going? What can I get for you? Like a prediction time. Camel blue shorts. Yep. This one? Yep. This one? Yep. All right. Is he going to do it? Yeah, rewards number with us. No. All right. It will be 769 out of 20. All right. So the Cowboys did have the number one scoring offense in the NFL last year. So with that said, uh, what's the record prediction we have from the person not on camera? <laughs> All right, I got a cool question for you here. All right. All right, you watch football? Yeah. All right, 
So I'm doing a little show thing right now okay. about the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think their record's going to be? Seven, Seventeen games. Seven and ten. Yeah. You hurt Whoa. me. Here. <laughs> you hurt me. Here. Hey, he's not you far off. You got no off, faith dude. in Dak. All right. <laughs> he's not far you off. Well. From what I got, dude. They went twelve and five last year. That's a rough. That's a rough drop off. I love it. Wow. No faith man. in Dak. All right. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Hopefully, Tyron Smith, he comes back healthy and can actually stay healthy. If not, then the revolving door at left tackle is going to uh, continue to give Dak problems on his blind side like it always has. And it's just proven they don't do too well when uh, he's not in there. So, uh, how's it going? What can I get for you? All righty. Yeah. Uh, I lied to you. It's actually broken. We're waiting on someone to get out there to fix it. <laughs> How much is uh, your Longhorn Wintergreen? Longhorn Wintergreen? Yeah. Where am I looking at here? All the uh, way down here on the left. Oh. 240. This one? Yeah. Do you have any rolls? Uh, yeah, I got one back here. You got a log. Uh, long cut. That would be... Tell you what, it's been a while since I've had some wintergreen. Twelve sixty. Just saying. Last time I had that was with his brother. That's the last one you got? I believe so, unless we got some in the back. So we should be getting more uh, tomorrow. All right, Caleb, what do you think about the – you got a rewards number with us? Never mind, I thought he was done. He's not done yet. Did you even hear the price yet? No, you're right. I haven't heard the price. Just let the guy get his damn wintergreen. Come on. Be quiet. That's record prediction. Just be quiet. Let him get his damn winner. I had a green. question Jeez. about James uh, Washington. All right, would you like your receipt? All right. Yeah, we'll 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 <laughs> right. How about them damn cowboys? The record. <laughs> what it was? What's the record going to be? All right, all right, all right. Well, all right, we we yeah. all right. Be good. All right. What's, what's your question on James Washington? Okay. So basically, he's replacing Cedric Wilson. So I'm just curious if you think that's a viable replacement because they're a very different style of player. James Washington is not a guy who creates a lot of separation, but they're still expecting him to be the slot guy in the offense. I don't necessarily think this is an upgrade. I see it as either level or slight downgrade, but your expectation is then Jalen Tolbert, the rookie, is going to come in and then make a huge jump and splash on the team. So do you still see this offense being number one in scoring this season back-to-back years, or is there going to be a slight drop-off? Number one in scoring, I do not think so. I think it is going to probably be top ten, but definitely not number one. Um, James Washington, uh, I feel, is a slight downgrade as far as being in the slot, but I feel like with uh, Michael Gallup expected to miss the first couple games of the season, he's going to take that number two spot. Tolbert's going to take the slot. Um, And when Michael Gallup comes back healthy, I think he takes back over number two. Um, I like Washington. I think he's a good 50-50 guy. He's just – that route running to create the separation is not really there. Um, but I think Tolbert will probably take over the slot this first couple games and just lock it down. I, I've 
kind of like what I see from his college highlights and from what I've kind of read and heard from uh, practice notes from the media, the was it OTAs or voluntary mm-hmm. workouts that we had, mini camps. Um, they seem to be impressed with him as well. So I think he would take over that slot and kind of just run run away with it. So definitely I would probably put them like seventh in scoring on the offense. Uh, I think Zeke might have a uh, slight better year um, than he did last year because through the first four games before he hurt his knee, he was averaging like 5.3 yards a carry or something like that and about 80-something yards a game. Uh, so then obviously he hurt his knee, and then it was just downhill from there. But with him having a full offseason, getting healthy, and he looks to be in great shape from his Instagram videos and what you uh, what you see from him. So uh, I, think he'll, I think he'll have another 1,000-yard season, maybe not the league leader in rushing. I think Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor pretty much have that locked down. But he'll be – I'm going to put him top five. I'm confident in that. I'm locking it in. All right. That's that's very fair. <laughs> I get that. Uh, so I, I was looking over the roster, and you guys took one of my favorite players in the draft from a uh, physical standpoint, and that's Sam Williams, the defensive end from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be a guy who has elite upside as a pass rusher for the team. But keep in mind, this is a guy, which is ironic enough, was called the next Greg Hardy by a uh, by a current scout. So um, do you do you see him being in the mix on the defense and playing very much? And what do you think of the comment of being similar to Greg Hardy as far as the off the field issues? Uh, give me just a second here. Uh, where's the three numbers or whatever? Oh, okay. I scanned the wrong thing. Then, all right. There we go. All right. Uh. So, which ones? This? How many? Two. Oh. <laughs> Got caught. What's that? Okay. One, two. Whoever that is, has got to give us a damn record. Yeah, we need to know a Cowboys. Whoever that person is. Cowboys record. <laughs> it's got to be better than 7 or, and 10. Or at least who wins that division. You got a rewards number with us? Could be worse than 7 number. and 10. Okay. You just never know. Worse than 7 and 10? Could be a hater. Ooh. <laughs> oh, and 17. Number two, you said one? Okay. That one. I forgot Jabril Cox was on that team too. Jabril Cox is on the team. Yeah. Um, the only player on that team I don't like is Tristan Hill. Just so I do not like that guy. Yeah, I don't either. Um, yeah, when Sam Williams. That is a big fan of his playmaking ability as a pass 50. rusher. He 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 actually probably could steal the job from Dorrance. All Armstrong. right. You got 62 will. coming back to you. Cashing that out or you'll get more? Mid-season, though. Yeah. Well, they'll rotate a minute in the beginning. Mega? I wonder if Dante so Fowler's going to get a comment there. <laughs> and then another $6 ticket. <laughs> Just keep it there for a minute. Just keep it there. Just keep it on there for a minute. <laughs> 
What are we doing? We're selling lottery tickets now, or maybe we could see a winner. We could see a winner. Money, 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 money. All right, fifty dollars coming back to you. you. Want to cash that out? Yeah! Oh yeah! We did it! We did it! We gotta do this more often, dude. Have him on the show every week. Man. This is great. Fifty dollars. All right, thank you. Have a nice night. Put the damn slot machine on there next time, dude. Let's go work at the smoke shop. $50 winning ticket. There we go. That's amazing, Hi. dude. Big winner. I think all that we have there, we're I think we're waiting on a truck right now. That should. Yeah, it's gone quick. Fifty dollars. Okay. These ones. Yes. You got rewards number with us. Give her those discounts. Ask her about the Cowboys. Eagles or Cowboys? <laughs> Eagles or Cowboys? Who wins it? All right, $62.74. Do you know how pissed they would have got if I would have tried this shit <laughs> when I was working at Target, man? Oh, Do they get so mad? They talk, So I had one of the cashiers one time. He had his headphones in, like his the like your seat? earbuds, yeah, so he could talk. All right, thank you. Have a nice night. And he got somebody walked by. It wasn't me. I was away. And he was talking to somebody while checking people out, just talking. Oh, nice! <laughs> Got rid. That's hilarious. I should. You should have done this while reading meters. Just read some meters while you're answering questions. Oh, and... I well, but that's feasible though. You could you could have pulled that do. off. No, yeah. that's, but you know what he's customers. doing right now. Like that's that's he's very, in front very of customers too. Magic cashiering while nine, answering questions about the the Spurs. Well, imagine this. <laughs> if I was doing this. While playing blackjack at the casino, I would get kicked out immediately because I've got right. a uh, got an earpiece. Right. They won't like that. They kick oh, you out immediately. You have, you have insider cards. knowledge about the uh, uh, cards. Yeah. I mean, that's this is impressive. Uh, there's just a few professions where you can get away with this, I guess. Yeah. Well, I could do it at my job, but, yeah. but again, I'm not in front of people. Like I could right. uh, hide out in a room somewhere. Invalid product. What do you mean invalid product? Try it again. Nine 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 nine. <laughs> It's free. It's free. It's free. <laughs> the best news is, Caleb, you're on the right show. We are the sports buffoons. We accept all buffoons. So you're included in the group. Are you not entertained? Uh, I, this makes me want to get back it's into not, retail. Who wants to go back into the, retail uh, with me? Well, the ticket is 30. Okay, well, well, let's just... Yeah, I know. We'll just. It's just fake. not it's letting free. me it's get free. that right. Hold on. Let, let me try something here. I think I've made a few Snapchats no. in the past during uh -huh. Water One work. So what what do you guys uh, say in this different. particular scenario? If if I were to show my proof of vaccination, do I get the item for free? <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> I mean something. Why not? Dude? Do it. You know, depends on what state you're in, probably. Yeah, let's, well, right, he's let's in Texas. We'll that time, then. No, he's here. I might have to go back. No, he's, okay. in, no, he's okay. in Kansas. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, uh. Put it in individually. I don't think I would, but okay. Yeah, hold on. Dude, just try it. 
It's worth a shot. Well, uh, Target gave me free pants one time because it didn't ring up right. It was free pants. It was cool. I still have them to okay, this day. So Wait, they gave it to you or you stole it? Or, there's a, there's oh, a difference. There's a difference. Now. I even told the, the lady working at the, at the register that where I found them. Okay. And she's so like, well, it's ringing up a zero. And so I, I got them. Just let you go? Because they, they were, uh, what's the word? It's like salvage? Yeah. But they were on the shelf. and But they, yet they fit perfect and they looked perfect. So they salvaged right, it let's try it that way. Salvaged, out. salvaged out. And they just gave it to me anyway. So that was a cool yeah, deal. I love that. Because it's saying one each. So I don't know if I had to put each hey, ticket in separately up, instead of just let me do 10 at once. But Houston, Texas. Go Cowboys. Yeah, Be right with, back, guys. We're on with our Cowboys we're, guy here. We're on the Cowboys right, segment right now, Willie. So, so stay tuned. Hang man. tight. Stay tuned. I don't tight. think it's the card. I think it's the system. Let me just reboot. I don't it. know how I'd do about that. See, I feel like that about the uh, Cowboys. It's, it's more of the system that's a problem on offense. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> they should be doing do better than the playoffs. Every single so. one. I don't know. Well, maybe. Yeah, I'll just do like try that. Let me uh, reset the device real quick. Oh, yeah. That's probably the All second right. AO Saba joke we didn't need to see today. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm resetting it now. Got to reboot it. I think dude. we need to know so about the Cowboys' uh, record prediction, though, Caleb. If who do you we think? Who do you think wins, there. dude? You think it's uh, Cowboys right. or Eagles? Let's see if we'll do 21. Do just one mega player for the entire team. 21. Ticket. I 21. Don't know. 21. Yeah, I'm, running out, I'm running out of ideas here. <laughs> that's Elliot's number. So you think <laughs> Elliot's going to have a really good year? It works. Yeah, 21 on the hook. <laughs> I have no idea. It's not. It's not letting me. Okay, hold on. What if we. 10, quality, lotto, mega millions. Oh, this is another lottery? It's a lotto, dude. Another one? That's two right. in a row. <laughs> we'll try it that he, way. He's trying to just get it, though. He's not trying to cash out. Oh, he's just trying to buy it. Yeah. Okay. No big money yet. No big yeah. money yet. <laughs> I don't know at this point. It's... I, I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Better yet. Better. All right, real quick. Yeah, here. So, so Willie, Willie, I, I just asked about Sam Williams. So Willie, I just, oh, sorry, sorry. All right, some good sleepers on defense. I think that's like a, I think that's a fair judgment uh, as far as off the field issues. I feel like Sam Williams may not have the same amount as Hardy. Hardy really, I guess, couldn't get it around. But I feel like he's uh, yeah. Hardy's a pretty ex- extreme uh, comparison to okay. towards. I think of, I think Sam Williams is going to be a great pass rusher for that team, and probably will be starting by week five. You're or you're saying week five for him? Well, it's going to take him a few weeks, but the, once they realize that he's how much he, production he's putting out yeah, as a pass rush, first shift alone, they're going to want him in there. To be and, yeah, so I, like I would think three I would more think to go, nine. but what week nine? It's when all the this this rookie would start. You think week nine for Sam? That's the earliest I think it will happen. I, I just think he's going to stand out pretty early and quick. So especially, I'm not a big Dorrance Armstrong. So that's why for maybe me, I don't know. Be the guy that I yeah. was pushing out. Yeah, you have a nice night. 
I'm gonna yeah, say got it working. You guys want to go ahead and do the? You want to do records now, Sam, or what do we? Sam, doing? Sam Williams start or starter by week two. Or are you waiting for the next? Starter by week two. Says week two. Starter by week two because so he's, he's taken two. over from uh, Randy Gregory, and right. we don't really have another pass rusher, so I feel like he takes over that edge rusher by week well, two. How do you feel about Dante Fowler Jr. being a part of the team now? I mean, is he going to make an impact in any kind of way there with uh, you know getting doing some all right about you? There? Good rotational player. Yeah. <laughs> Injury prone rotational player should fit in. Number 21. What's, what does uh, our guy say? Uh, I think that's two right there. He's very good at multitasking. Talking about the Cowboys oh, at yeah. the same time as he's doing the other stuff. See, oh, see Willie, on, Willie just logged in, and we, we talked about Jalen Tolbert for a minute there as well. So. Um, yeah, we've kind of hit on him There's for a 20 few minutes. One, but two. so I guess to to kind of give Willie a wrap up of what we talked about, we've, we've already talked with our Eagles guy, talked with our Commanders guy, talked with our Giants guy, and so far what we've heard so far in record predictions from each one of our experts is we heard Eagles eleven and six. Yep. From Ryan, we heard Commanders ten. Uh, 10 was, was it ten and seven? Was that ten and seven? It right? was ten and seven. I think he said ten and seven. Yeah, Commanders guy said ten and seven. Giants guy said, was it was it seven and ten? Uh, eight, Jim, eight, and nine. He Jim, said Jim, he said eight and nine. Jim said eight. And yeah, nine. He, he wants eight and nine. Jim said eight and nine. Now we're on to Caleb. So, so Willie, uh, just considering you're a Cowboys fan, go ahead and throw your record out there. Just one. Oh goodness. <laughs> The the uh the customer the dollar nine customer at this store said it was going to be seven and ten. But the customer said Cowboys seven and ten. But this right, is not this is not a store that's in the state of Texas. It's in Kansas, so right. I don't know. So Caleb, you freed up. What's your record prediction? Alrighty, um, yeah. So uh, defense, I feel like is going to be. Pretty much the same, kind of maybe an upgrade as far as pass rush. Offense, offensive line is going to be iffy. Um, it's got some improvements. Zeke's going to have a bounce back. CD's going to have a great number one receiver year. Take him in fantasy, number one overall. No, I'm just playing. Uh, probably like third round selection. <laughs> um, Dak's probably just going to do Dak stuff. Uh, but I feel like there will be 10 and 7. How's it going? Seven? Wow. Okay. Ten on four. All right. Ten on seven. JG, what you got? Yeah, I'm pretty close there. Um, it, it's not that I think the Cowboys are going to be a bad team this year. It's just that I think that the Eagles and the Washington Commodes, I can say that now because the Washington fan is no longer on this channel, but um, they're just, they've just gotten a little bit better. So I'm going to go with nine and eight. I, I do have some issues with the lack of depth on that offensive line. Not sure what to expect from Michael Gallup coming off that ACL surgery. Um, so it, again, I think the, the, the rest of the division has caught up with them a little bit. So I'm going to go with nine and eight. Uh, they will be in second place behind the commanders and the Eagles who I have tying for first. 
Join Mike. All right, very interesting. So looking at the offense, I agree with Caleb here as far as taking a step back from being number one in the league in scoring. I could see them still being top seven. That makes sense to me um, just by, by the structure of their team. Uh, this is going to be a team that you're going to see a lot of the same style of plays you saw a year ago. You got to hope that Trayvon Dix can come out right away and be a playmaker the way he was a year ago, especially early on in the season. What Dix was doing was similar to what Marcus Peters did for the Chiefs just a few years ago as far as coming out right out the gate, intercepting everything, and Diggs obviously was was housing things, which was the difference, was taking them back for touchdowns. But I think there's going to be a few issues still in the back end. I don't fully trust this team to be consistent, which has been the Cowboys' motto for the last, like, 20 years or more. Um, so with that said, I still think that talent for talent, they are the best team in their division I just see them taking a slight step backward, going down to 11 and six on the season for their record. Um, but with that said, once you get to the playoffs and you got to face some really, really good teams, that's the problem you're going to run into every single year until something else is fixed because you're going to be a really good team that gets, it does really well in the regular season. But when the playoffs come, will you show up? And I still don't think that they show up in the playoffs, but they win the division, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go 10 wins, guys, for this Cowboys team finishing second, but still get to play out first. So I just think they got too many weapons, but to be consistent, especially the offensive line, if it gets beat up again, it's just a matter of to see what happens there on the depth side. So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, Willie, commenter, he says 12 and 5. Let's see here. The offensive line is going to be the biggest part, especially that left side having a rookie and then a – 30, 31 year old left tackle that's injury prone. So if that holds up this season, they'll be they'll be solid. It's interesting here. Willie said there's the whole thing, neither one of these those teams you just mentioned has a good quarterback. So you need a good quarterback to take you places. Right. So do we classify Dak as a good quarterback? Dak is a better Alex Smith. And what I mean by that is that he's going to take you places, but he's not going to take you to the the wonderful zone and lollipops and fairyland of the Super Bowl. And that's what's always going to hold him back is that he doesn't have quite enough of that elite skill set of playing outside the system that some of these guys have done in the past that win Super Bowls. I just think you compare him to some of the elites of the NFL, especially going back to the AFC, just Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, Mm -hmm. and guys like that. There's just too many great, great quarterbacks in this league. Dak is a good quarterback in this league. He is very good. Alex Smith was also very good at one point in his career in this league, too. Doesn't mean he's going to win you a Super Bowl. It means he can take you to the playoffs, but you also require probably a top three defense in the entire league to win a championship. And that's the kind of thing that the Cowboys don't have right now. And until you get the top five defense, then I don't I don't see the Cowboys being a team that gets close to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I'll probably rank their defense probably – 15 i mean it's about it's about middle of the pack but mm-hmm. uh i mean the offenses can't expect them to go out and score 40 plus a game and win um i feel like Dak's a good game manager he's i don't think he's that quarterback that will get them over the hump and up bring a lombardi back to dallas so yeah, it sounds like you, you think what i think about the alex smith comparison he, he's a yeah. better alex smith in my opinion I would say a little bit more athletic and um, I would, I would almost put Alex Smith as a better thrower than Dak as well. 
Wow. You're talking about the guy who actually led the league in deep passing like two years ago. So that's something Alex Smith never did. But I understand you know, your point. Awesome. Well, guys, we'll let Caleb go here and do his thing. So that was Caleb Jones, guys, friend of the show. Fabulous guy made a steal. I appreciate him hopping on while he works. That was, that, a, that was a very interesting That was actually pretty interview, awesome. Discussion. Yeah, I got a lottery ticket winner hey, in there. That was amazing. Bucks, One fan know? said seven and ten, which was pretty that's that's pretty ruthless. That's a rough one. Yeah, that's that was harsh. Um, I, thought, so. I wish we'd have asked every if we could have heard everyone's opinion, we could have combined all of them and then really thrown together what Kansas average thinks of Dallas, that. I, should, I should say. So Yeah. So well guys, you guys have anything else here before we end the show? Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm pooped. So <laughs> that last segment, man, I tell you, there's a lot of excitement going on. I don't know what to do there. Uh, so guys update coming up here, JG, I think you're hopping on Saturday. I'm hopping on, on baby. Every so, Saturday. So let's talk sports guys at 11 AM central with Dan, uh, and Nick Botkins at the Botkins show. JG will be on. I will be out next week, guys. Uh, Mike, I think he's filling in on Monday with Nick Botkins for the buffoon and Botkins show. Uh, and then as well as next Wednesday, these two guys will be back here and talking something, I guess. Right. Hey, the thing is, uh, today was day one of NFL training camp. It was the Las Vegas Raiders Uh, getting out there on the field. The first team of all teams in the NFL to get out there on the field to begin training camp. So, uh, a week from now, will chiefs camp will be underway. Yep. So that's, what's crazy is that we, we are right around the corner from getting things rolling and hearing about all the news and, you know, seeing, what injuries like a Justin Ross is uh, actually how bad that is. Cause we will know very, very shortly if it is a significant one, which I'm, I have bad feelings about that. I think it's going to be, he's going to be the guy that sits out this year due to an, an injury, but he, he, that's the problem. A guy already going through the injury problems of his career cannot also take another year of injury and expect he, to go. in. he was going to be that guy anyways. It sucks. Every year, sucks. there's always it's a guy. It's unfortunate. Guy. I feel bad for the guy because it's just unfortunate. So. It is. So, all right, guys. Well, everybody have a fabulous Wednesday night, and we'll yell at you next time. We'll see y'all on the next one. We out. See you guys.